Crossroads Music Podcast. Ooh, not bad. That was not bad. Not too bad. It's pretty good. Yeah, not yeah. Too bad. Not too bad. Uh, <laughs> this is the final uh, Crossroads Music Podcast for 2021. Ever. Or ever. ever. Because we I are mean, getting canceled. Today. It could be. Today, today is the day, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> today, uh, we are going to be counting down uh, the greatest bands of all time, objectively. Uh, so after this, I mean, where do you go from here? This is probably going to be the greatest podcast episode of all time. So there really isn't Absolutely. a point in continuing. No, that's it. That's why we're, this is our last show. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> this ends all debates ever about music. So exactly. Um, anyways, we're here streaming live at twitch.tv slash the crossroads music podcast. Uh, if you're listening to us on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you listen to podcasts, come join the live chat. Uh, Eric, you have finished pouring your drink for today. What is your drink of choice for today? So this time I do have a drink. Last week was a bit uh, rough just because of internet connections and what have you. But today I have a chocolate stout and it's by Moody Ales which is in Port Moody in British Columbia. Uh, so it's a chocolate stout. All it says on here is oatmeal stout brewed with copious amounts of chocolate. So that is the can. Nothing special. But uh, I haven't tried this, but I will take a taste. It's like, it looks like tar, but you know. <laughs> the can does look nice. I like the clean look. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's good. Oh, that's like chocolate oatmeal. It chocolate tastes like chocolate oatmeal. Okay, I could see that. Like mm -hmm. a sort of like a chocolate malt type of thing. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Very that's nice. That's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. All right. Um, we might as well get into this. I feel like today's episode might yes. be a bit shorter than usual, just because we're we're stripping everything down and we're just going to the basics today. Uh, but Eric, let's let's kick this off with what we've been listening to uh, this past week. Uh, so that's the thing. There's not much right. new out. So I haven't really been listening to anything like just pretty much what's on the radio. Like I'm start uh, like I, I'm happy that Christmas is over just because <laughs> Christmas music is gone. Um, I was getting annoyed by the end of it. There's still, it's still on the um, radio. I, I heard it. Actually, yesterday. I will say this. I did watch, um, you know, Robbie Williams. Yes. Uh, the Is third, the, the, the third, yeah. The third most popular member of the boy, whatever boy band it was. And somehow he became the most popular. Like a crooner guy. Yeah. 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 So I saw him, um, uh, for Christmas, we were at uh, Julia's parents, and we watched uh, Robbie Williams live at Robert Hall mm. Theater in London. I think it is. Uh, that's where Robert Hall is, I believe. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I think so. So, so it was a live. It was a live show, and it was like takes place before Christmas, and it was like this big like crooner. So he kind of just sang like all these crooner songs from like Frank Sinatra to Dean Martin and stuff. And it was, it was pretty awesome. Like he is a definitely a good entertainer for sure. Okay. Yeah. In that. So that was pretty cool. He's also famous for having a feud with the Gallagher brothers. So <laughs> who, who wouldn't have a feud with the Gallagher brothers? <laughs> I just feel like, so here's the funny thing because 
Robbie Williams is one of those guys that definitely has the same personality as the Gallagher brothers oh, to a yeah. point. Yeah, yeah. So, like, when you put them all in a room together, <laughs> obviously, it's just going to be this big feud. Yeah, <laughs> right? for sure. Oh. Wait, but, was yeah, this, that's, a, that's about it. Was this, uh, oh, like, a live stream? Or was... Nope, you're still around. No, still... no, it was an old old tv like it was back in like i want to say 95 or 96 or something oh wow okay okay so so it was it was older but like it was it was awesome like he's just he's just a perfect entertainer especially like he had that suave kind of thing um i can't remember the comedian but there's this jewish comedian that showed up and sang a song with him which i thought was kind of funny (laughs) weird Uh, no have you ever seen the wedding singer yes you know that rival guy that Adam Sandler, like he, when they're picking the wedding band, and then he's playing, and he's just like this scum of the earth guy. Oh, that actor. Oh, I know who you're talking about. I was gonna say Billy Idol, but that's not his rival in the movie. Uh, no, I can't remember now. I should probably look this up. Yeah, well, he was he played a song with him, and it was it was interesting. <laughs> so. <laughs> but oh, he's actually uh, i was actually surprised jimmy jimmy moore john lovitz john lovitz that's it john lovitz mm. <laughs> yeah so he played a song with him and that's he's funny. he like i was surprised because he actually wasn't that bad at singing <laughs> but, so that's cool uh anything mm. else interesting i mean it's your ends but still that's it like coming up like i know there's a bunch of anticipated new albums coming out but until um, then yeah last year we talked about uh 2020 2021 and like outlook for albums we were looking at maybe we'll do that uh we'll do that next year and and talk about what we're excited about because to be honest i don't off the top of my head i can't think of one album that i'm i've heard of slash i'm looking forward to for next year um yeah because i just haven't been paying attention maybe but i can't think of anything that, uh, that's gonna come out definitely for me Billy Talent's new album. Are they coming out with a new That's album? It's going to be good. Yep. Oh, nice. Yeah. That so cool. uh, that song that he did with Rivers Cuomo is one of the singles off the album. Oh, so. Okay. So that's not a one-off single. That's literally off off of the new album or will be on the new album. Yep. Okay. Yep. Sweet. Uh, yeah. I'm sort of in the same boat. I haven't been really listening to anything new. Um, mm-hmm. Honestly, things have just been on shuffle for the most part and nothing... Nothing too crazy, so uh, probably move on from that. Um, so, what is today? Um, we'll do today in history. Let's start Let's off with that. that. It's year end. There's not too much that's gone on, but today is December twenty seventh and nineteen thirty one. Scotty Moore, Elvis's original guitarist, is born in Gadsden, Tennessee. Gadsden, Tennessee. Gadsden. Hmm. Scotty Moore was a ripper of a guitar player. 1931. He was. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I envy those old guitar players because they have such an old style of playing that nobody plays like that anymore, right? Nobody does. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, those studio musicians, they just like destroyed on their instruments. It was so, they're so good. Oh, yeah. Uh, 1932, uh, with 6,200 seats, Radio City Music Hall opens in New York City, the world's largest indoor theater 
at that time. Wow. Have you actually been to a gig at Radio City Hall, Music Hall? I know. No, I haven't. I've never been in there. I've always passed by and I've always looked up at the sign, but I've never been like in there once. Hmm. That'd be pretty cool to to be in there. Um, 1944, Mick Jones, guitarist for Foreigner, is born in Somerset, England. That's a band that I feel like is underrated. Foreigner? Yeah. I feel like they have like like a ton of hits that nobody realizes. That you're just like, oh, no way, Foreigner sings this song kind of thing, you know? <laughs> uh, what's that? The hot, hot and cold? Hot? What's that song that they do? Hot-Blooded? Oh, uh, yeah, Hot-Blooded. Yeah, that uh, one. And then they do another song called, You're Cold as Ice. <laughs> da, da, <laughs> da, you know that one? Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm never going to get into Foreigner, to be honest. But uh, oh, they do have a lot of sleeper out. hits. You're missing out, man. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, 1950, Terry Bozio, drummer for Captain Beefheart, Frank Zappa, Corn, and others, is born in San Francisco, California. Uh, for those there's, of there's you... A, there's a good drummer. Ridiculous drummer. He's He has like uh, a Neil Peart drum kit on steroids. He has like... I don't even know how many bass pedals he has, but he has like 20 at his feet. It's like ridiculous. He only has two <laughs> feet, but he has like 20 bass pedals and he has like cymbals everywhere. It's craziness. Yeah. Uh, 1952, David Knopfler, rhythm guitarist for Dire Straits, is born in Glasgow, Scotland. He is an insane guitar player. He is. Yeah. Like he's just, and he plays with his thumb and finger. Like he doesn't, he doesn't play with a pick. It's kind of like what Beck does, Jeff Beck. Yeah, yeah. And like, it's just like, and then when you hear Sultans of Swing, and then oh, you hear that, I like, I can't even, I can't even fathom moving my thumb that fast. <laughs> like, you're just your thumb, right? Like, yeah. Oh, that guy's just incredible. He's yeah. an incredible guitar player. Uh, 1967, Leonard Cohen releases his first album, Songs of Leonard Cohen, on Columbia Records. Um, that's a great album, actually. It, it's mm. it's usually overlooked, and when it was released, it was overlooked. But that is a great album by Leonard Cohen. Uh, 1975, The Faces announced their split. Rod Stewart, the lead singer, devotes himself to his solo career, and Rod Wood joins <laughs> the Rolling Stones. There you go. The Ron Faces Wood. were a really good band. I don't know where Rod Stewart went, though. Where he went wrong. I don't understand. <laughs> I don't well, understand. Like, which is funny because I feel like he was way more popular than what he what we think he is. Oh, yeah. With all those disco hits, <laughs> he like made mm-hmm. so much money. And how old is he now? He's like 70 or 80 years old, and he like dates like 18-year-olds. Yeah. It's craziness. It's nuts. But well, like, that's it's like the song "Forever Young." <laughs> <laughs> well, like coming from like a legitimate, like really good rock band, The Faces. I, I don't know. The Just, Faces were good, and I feel like they were they're definitely underrated. Oh yeah, like, I feel for like sure. yeah. for sure. Like you have Ron Wood is a great guitar player. 
yeah. right? Like, even though he kind of played rhythm in the Rolling Stones when he joined them. But I, th- I believe he also played with Sabbath, too, at a, t- at a certain time. Uh, Maybe. He could have been. Sabbath had a decent amount say, of players in there. Yeah. Uh, so, like, he's he's switched on. He's a switched on guitar player. And then Rod Stewart does have good vocals. Like, you can't deny that. Yeah, he does. It's just... Like, it's more of like a... It's a, it's a unique voice, yes. I should say. Yeah. Very yeah. unique. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like like a band like The Faces, they were solid. I felt like they were great. Yeah. But it's a shame that they... I felt like if they went further, they would be pretty big. Yeah, they would be, yeah. Uh, 1978, the BBC comes under fire when it plays part of the Sex Pistols' God Save the Queen, which has been banned on the network. Educator Dr. Rhodes Boyson calls it, quote, another sign of the declining public morality, which so rightly worries the general public, end quote. <laughs> Just imagine. I mean, with God the Sex Pistols, though, like, what do you, yeah, like, what do you expect? But, like, oh, man, such a strange time, like, being offended by God Saves the Queen, or God Save the Queen by Sex Pistols. Like, mm-hmm. that's so tame of a song by today's standards. <laughs> I know it is. Like, well, I think it's it's just that era, like, people were still, like, respected government to, like, <laughs> oh, well, the government says this, we have to do it, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's, oh, like, it's at that wild. time, it's just, like, yeah. And I think that song's awesome. It's a great, yeah. great punk song. Yep. Uh, and finally, uh, the last bit that happened uh, December 27th, uh, and it's 1989, so from, from 1989 to today, there really hasn't been anything that interesting that's gone on. Uh, but Chuck Berry is sued by uh, his former cook of his restaurant, The Southern Air, in Wentzville, Missouri. Uh, he claims that Berry installed hidden cameras in the ladies' restroom and collected the videos. Over 200 former customers take part <laughs> in a class action suit against Chuck Berry, which is eventually settled out of court. That's amazing. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my God. I don't understand. Like, why? Why does Chuck Berry need to do this? I get, like, he's been screwed over a lot, but, like, he's got to get his kicks a different way. He's freaking Chuck Berry. <laughs> I know you would think that he's he was famous enough that he could, he doesn't have to do anything like he that. He doesn't have to, <laughs> but... like, install hidden cameras anywhere he could probably i don't know if he just wants the pleasures in life he could just like pay someone to do it instead of like exactly himself going into a washroom and like drilling holes and installing cameras himself like that seems like a it lot of seems work. like a lot of work yeah <laughs> it's ridiculous oh, that's funny uh anyways uh t- anyways that was uh today in music history december 27th uh few news um, news items that came up um, this past week. Uh, Kanye West is back in the news. Um, he has announced that he is going to be turning all his homes into churches. "Quote: uh, I'm going to be, I'm going to be homeless in a year." End quote. Uh, Kanye West's plan is to make his current properties into orphanages and an artist commune where rent is fee- free and food is always available. Kanye West has a mansion in California, two ranches in Wyoming, a place in Chicago, and a massive condo in Miami. Uh, 
but yeah, he's basically turning all these properties into the church of Kanye West, uh, where there's free food and, uh, I guess they're taking in orphan children also. You know, what's funny. The most weird thing I find about this whole thing is I had no idea he owns a house in Wyoming. Like out of all the places, why Wyoming? <laughs> he has two ranches in Wyoming. Yeah, that seems like a strange but place for Kanye West to own a property. The other yeah. places, I understand. I understand the other places, but why Wyoming? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you would think it'd be more like Texas or something where, you know, that's a like a decent investment. Wyoming seems odd. Yeah. Um, but... Um, if he does open these up, Eric, maybe we should do a road trip and go over to... Which one's the closest to us? Well, I guess for you, it's California. For me, it'd probably be Chicago. Let's make a road trip to one of his Chicago. properties. There's uh, free Let's food. Do it. There's free food there. And all we have to do is claim that we're artists. Uh, yeah, we're totally artists. Uh, well, we we own the Crossroads Music Podcast. <laughs> You don't know who we are? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we'll live there rent-free, free food, and uh, we'll report back on uh, how our experience was. I like it. Let's do it. Let's... Done. <laughs> we'll, we'll make a Yelp review uh, of his uh, place. <laughs> uh, Luton, good, good for Kanye, as long as he doesn't think he's the second coming or something. He probably does. Yeah. He definitely does think he's yeah. Jesus Christ at this yeah, point. He's, he's the reincarnation. Yeah. Reincarnation. Anyways, Kanye West is going to be homeless in a year because um, he's uh, turning all his properties into artist communes and orphanages. <laughs> uh, in other news, uh, Kanye West's new best friend, Drake, uh, a new study claims that listening to Drake while jogging makes you run slower. The study was conducted by sportswear <laughs> retailer Pour Moi. Uh, they tracked 60 runner times, uh, running times by 20 runners at their varying speeds while they listened to a range of artists, with each artist being played for at least one kilometer of a run. They found that listening to Drake added 21 seconds per kilometer to their runner's running time. <laughs> Why would anybody want to do that statistic? Um, well, it was, it was conducted by a sportswear retailer. Uh, so I don't know, market research for them. Um, but yeah, people are trying to develop like supplements that make you run faster. And then here's this guy being like, I wonder what, what it would be if runners listen to Drake. What would be the outcome? <laughs> um, oh. so yeah, if, uh, if you're out there training, trying to run faster, don't listen to Drake. That should yeah, be that's, the that's your sorry. first mistake. <laughs> yeah, your first mistake is if you're if you're slow, if you're timing yourself and you have Drake in your playlist, that, that's that will shave off a few seconds for sure. <laughs> um <laughs> In other news, speaking to the BBC, Chris Martin of Coldplay fame has speculated that their last record will come out in 2025. After that, they will only tour and do uh, some collaborative things, uh, but their last studio record will be released in 2025. Eric, how do you feel about that? Coldplay coming to an end. Uh, well, I mean, I felt like they've already ended uh, <laughs> just based off their, you know, after X and Y, that was where it just went downhill for me. Uh, so go go ahead, make your last album. 
<laughs> That'd be great. Wait, have you have you listened to their BTS collaboration at this point? No. Oh my god, you have to go listen. I mean, maybe you shouldn't. It's terrible. They're. I don't know who decided that Coldplay and a Korean uh, K-pop band should collaborate together <laughs> on a song, but holy shit, it's a pile of garbage. It is a pile of garbage. <laughs> okay, I'll I'll check it out. <laughs> it's, the music video is even worse. Oh, really? Okay, so yeah. I'll have to do a double whammy then. Just listen to the music video. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just updating... Uh, their album's X and Y, or is it just XY? XY, maybe. It's just XY? Yeah, I think it's just XY. I'm just updating the controversial counter. Um, uh, according to Luton, anyways. Um, <laughs> yeah, I have what, no... Is it that the controversial counter? Is it because X and Y is, is their last decent album? Is yeah. that the controversial... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or basically Coldplay ended after that album oh, oh I see gotcha. honestly yeah honestly I gotcha. don't care if Coldplay wants to end uh, after 2025 so be it I, I don't think they really contribute anything in terms of music nothing significant <laughs> um, and finally last bit of news Ed Sheeran's Shape of You becomes the first song to pass 3 billion Spotify streams really shape of you yeah it's uh, it is a catchy plagiarized, song plagiarized song yeah that's right <laughs> as we, we have established, established it's it's plagiarized but uh, who's still listening to shape of you by ed sharon that is my question it came out like ages ago yeah that's like that's like a song now where it comes on and you're like hey i remember this song <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's no longer hip it's just like uh yeah. an oldie at this point um exactly i don't know shape of you by ed sharon i to me i don't know why this is like the biggest ed sharon song to be honest i feel like there's like better (laughs) songs that he's done not saying that this song isn't good but i don't Mm. know for me shape of you i don't know it's a weird song to be (laughs) three billion spotify streams Mm. um Anyways, that's uh, pretty much it for the music news. Nothing about NFTs uh, this week or anything crazy. Uh, I'm sure they'll uh, they'll uptick next year, but mm-hmm. we'll see. Uh, all right, Eric. As we've promised, we're going to be providing to the people the ten greatest bands of all time. Uh, so to sort of set this up. Uh, both Eric and I have put together our list of the greatest bands of all time. Um, we're going to be going from 10 to one, um, (laughs) on this list. Um, but before we start, Eric, uh, explain to the people your thought or your criteria for this. I have a criteria for, for my list, uh, but any exclusions or any rules to your list that people should be aware of. Uh, so that we don't get uh, yelled at for excluding their favorite band. Oh, that's true. Okay, well, first of all, they have to be good. <laughs> so, <laughs> second of all, uh, mm-hmm. uh, I was picking on, like, obviously, like, this is this was a very hard 
to wrap my head around. So I just chose bands. Okay, so bands as okay. in not single artists. Yep. Right. Uh, I chose. Uh, I based my criteria on uh, their overall music. What I think. Okay. Like as a whole, um, and then I chose also uh, them live. Just obviously, okay. some of these I haven't seen them actually play live, but I have seen videos of them play live. Right. And just. Right just based off of that that stuff um okay that is where i'm basing this off of okay good for uh, my I'm criteria s- i'm slightly i started off in the same place so yes uh no solo acts so those are completely eliminated uh i might have mm-hmm. taken it one step further but it might not apply to your list uh but i've also eliminated bands that are typically seen as like a single person is running the band so like a Nine Inch Nails mm. is basically Trent Reznor's solo a yes. solo act. So I've taken Nine Inch Nails okay. completely off the list because like it's not technically a band or a collabor- collaborative effort, uh, at least at the beginning. Mm. So a band like that I've taken off uh, the list. Um, in terms of ranking, I did not take into account live. Uh, I'm sure the bands on my list are are good live, but I didn't take that into to my ranking. Uh, I put more emphasis on band dynamics. So uh, basically, mm. the whole is greater than the individual pieces. The individual members of the band coming together uh, and making a better uh, band mm-hmm. together. So, uh, so just spoiler alert: <laughs> Pink Floyd is not on my list because I feel like Pink Floyd <laughs> is a band where, despite mm-hmm. Uh, despite their um, differences, the band was great, right? Yes. It's not that they mm-hmm. were great together. It's just their individual talents were so good that they became <laughs> a good band. But it's not a good band yes. because they're not good collaboratively. So Pink Floyd... I, I would agree. Yeah. And I would I would put that like... That is a good point for my, my bands too because that kind of coesed it too. Like they all kind of had to get along. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's sort of my the way I've ranked this. Uh, Luton's very upset with with the way we've done this, uh, but there's there's sort of well, our rationale for this list. Now, also subjectively too, like this is subjectively because I feel like my number one, and I know Kem has seen it, and I don't, ha- I haven't seen his, but I know Kem's not going to agree with my number one, but. <laughs> That's, be that as it may. Okay. Be that as it may. <laughs> All right, we're we're gonna go countdown from ten to one. Eric, uh, let's start off with your number ten greatest band of all time. What is that band? Okay. Uh, so I also did this. Like I don't know if you did this, Kim, but I chose an album too that to best represent. Okay. That band. Uh, that I want. It net, might not necessarily be my favorite, but it will best represent what the band is uh so at number 10 i have chosen acdc acdc at number 10 i can number i can i can live with that choice so the question is Mm. is this acdc as a whole like every single era of acdc or is this bon scott acdc or brian johnson acdc i would say i would say as a whole as a whole okay because this band has been together for so many years. They have like 35 <laughs> albums or 40 albums or something 
ridiculous. Right? And they just released one too at the beginning of this year. Yeah. Right. Yep. Which was a pretty like it was pretty decent. Like I'm not I'm talking about like right. this is simple rock music, but it's mm-hmm. it's good rock music. Like it's it's just they do it well. Live performances, I've heard people who have seen them and they've said that they're like like phenomenal. Like they're just insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have the hype. I've seen live uh, DVDs of them, and they're they're just awesome. Like Angus Young, going around. Like a lot of people know the members too, right? Like usually, like you said, like you get bands where it's like, oh, I know the singer, but I don't know who the hell the, the, the other guys are, yep. right? Whereas this, like everybody knows Angus Young is a famous yeah. guitar player in ACDC, right? Then you yeah. got his brother Malcolm Young, right? Yeah. Bon Scott, who I think is the best. Uh, out of the two singers, uh, but Brian Johnson does do a good job mm-hmm. at uh, at that. So the album that I chose to represent them would be Highway to Hell. Okay, because... I was gonna say if you pick a different album, it's automatic <laughs> disqualification. <laughs> so, so not only is Highway to Hell, I I actually love this album. This is one of my favorites. But I think this best represents them because Highway to Hell, the song itself, I think is one of the greatest rock songs ever mm-hmm. created mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of classic rock. And it's just a very like just power driven rock song with just a lot of power chords, right? Mm-hmm. You're not getting any like crazy solos with this band, but it's just it's just good rock music. And this is the album, last album with Brian Johnson. Or sorry, Bon Scott. Bon Scott. Yeah. Bon Scott. I, w- I, yeah. would, I would say that Angus Young's guitar solos are quite perfect for ACDC. For for the type of rock that they play, Angus Young's solos are pretty memorable for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, no, I, I'm I'm down with it for this. ACDC at number ten, uh, especially if you're putting mm-hmm. an emphasis on a live band. Uh, this is actually a pretty good choice at your number ten. So, uh, cool. I'm good with that. Mm-hmm. Um, for I'm passing so far. I feel like it's <laughs> going to go downhill at certain points. <laughs> but uh, for me, number ten, um, and I was I was debating whether this one should be at number ten or not. Uh, I wasn't. There wasn't going to be a scenario where I put them at nine or higher. Uh, so they were going to be at the ten spot or nothing. Uh, but uh, for my number ten spot, I'm putting Public Enemy in there. Uh, Chuck D, Flavor Flav, Professor Griff, Terminator X. (laughs) The flavor. (laughs) See, here's the thing with Public Enemy, right? Mm. Like, I think a lot of, with hip hop, a lot of it is focused on sort of like a solo, one MC, right? There's one rapper at the center of it and he is, he or she is controlling the show or is is the main artistic uh, driver behind uh, the group, right? Public Enemy to me feels like a band because it's, although Chuck D is like probably 80, 90% of the artistic output of this band, it's, you don't get Public Enemy to the heights that they are without Flava Flav. Without Flava Flav mm. being the hype man in the background, just shouting out his name, and just like hyping up the crowd, the public enemy sort of just becomes a um, social conscious hip hop group that isn't like 
is interesting, but they don't go over the top. Flavor Flav pushes this this band over the top. It's that weird dichotomy of the super serious uh, Chuck D, very intelligent, right? Like all his all the lyrics that he puts out are just thought through and actually has a meaning. Uh, and then you have like this sort of Joker in Flavor Flav, who's sort of the counterbalance of it, right? Because like you can't yeah. have a super serious, just like super artsy person, and expect people to be entertained by that, right? Or at least from from a mass perspective, you sort of need that entertainment value from Flavor Flav. So those two together in Public Enemy just makes this band just so good. Um, and over the top. And then you add in uh, Terminator X, who's the DJ at the time, or the, the original DJ for Public Enemy, um, and Professor Griff, who is, um, I don't know, I could do do without. Th- this is the reason why I was contemplating whether to put Public Enemy at number 10, because Professor mm-hmm. Griff, eh, his input in the band isn't really like that great, even though he's a member of the band. So, um, mm-hmm. but anyways, Public Enemies at my number 10 spot. Uh, if I'm to put an album on uh, on this band, uh, it has to be uh, Fear of Black Planet. That is uh, one of two of Public Enemies' greatest albums of all time. Um, it pretty much sums up the, the wackiness of this band, the super serious Chuck D and, the, and then the super weird-ass Flava Flav um, together. Uh, this record is just so good, um, but Public Enemy is my number 10 band, uh, not just for the, the records that they've put out or the songs that they've put out, uh, but also uh, they are a great show. If you ever get a chance to see them live, they go toe-to-toe with any rock band out there. Mm. Right on. It's kind of like you described the Ninja Turtles. You have Flava Flav is like Michelangelo. And then Leonardo is, is what's his name? Is uh, yeah, Chuck. Yeah, Chuck, Chuck D. D is, Chuck like, D. is like Leonardo. Is Leonardo because he's the yeah. wise one and yeah. just the intelligent one. Yeah, and Flavor Flav is Michelangelo. Yeah, that works. Yeah. Or Donatello is Chuck D. I don't know. Yeah, one of them. But anyways, uh, all right, Eric, you're number nine. All right, number nine. I feel like you're going to disagree with me for this, but uh, I don't care. I'm going to add it down. Anyway, uh, so Thin Lizzy, the Irish rock band. Okay. You need, to, you, need to, you need to convince from me. From Ireland. Oh, I so knew wait, you were going to say so this. So before, before you get into this, this is Thin Lizzy with Phil uh, Linnett, right? Not yeah, Phil post Linnett. His, yeah. Phil, his death. Okay. Phil Linnett. So Phil Linnett, these guys were friends in high school uh we haven't heard i feel like they weren't as big as they were in north america they definitely were more huge in the uk Uh, i would say probably just the uk more so uh but ireland they're like if you're in ireland you and you go to like a pub or stuff you'll you'll always see some sort of like music poster with thin lizzie or something so like they were pretty big yeah. I feel like he's definitely one of those iconic, in my opinion, bass players that actually sings for the band. Yeah. Um, that's really good. His bass playing isn't the best. I wouldn't say it's like top tier, but I would say it's it's decent enough that it drives the song 
I feel like Thin Lizzy songs are more bass heavy than they are guitar heavy, which is unique yep. about the band. Um, I think they make out some really cool riffs, very simple rock, but they could also be technical at some times uh, as well. Like I love their cover of Whiskey in a Jar. Love it. Uh, I know a lot of people like the Metallica version. I like this version better. Um, yeah, I just think overall it's it's a great band. And the album that I chose for them is Bad Reputation, which okay. is their very first album. So. Right. Yeah, no, as as long as we're making the distinction that this is Thin Lizzy uh, pre-death and not post-death yes. uh, Thin Lizzy, because that band is a mess. Posts, Phil? Yes, I don't understand why it's thin. Like, who's? Why are they using the name Thin Lizzy? Because well, exactly, sense. it's a completely different band, and I think personally, Thin Lizzy is Phil in it. Like, Phil yeah. in it is definitely like the Thin Lizzy. This new guy, I don't even know his name. That's how much I care. <laughs> <laughs> but um, also live, they're just incredible live. Like, if you ever watch videos of them play live, like he's just insane on stage. Like, it's pretty cool. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, a great trio. One of those great trios that are like, I feel like trios are good. Yeah, they're they're a great trio. Um, it's too bad like they didn't continue. Like he didn't, he wasn't able to overcome his demons um, mm-hmm. and keep keep going because uh, it would have been super interesting to see like what kind of output uh, they would have done. Yeah, uh, come on, Phil. It wasn't too hard to stay alive, right? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's controversial. controversial. <laughs> I think I have to increase the counter on that. Oh boy. <laughs> Phil Linnet. Or here out. To Phil Linnet. <laughs> it wasn't that difficult to stay alive, was it? <laughs> I feel like that's too far. <laughs> That's a little bit too far. Yeah, That's a little bit too far. <laughs> um, uh, but no, uh, no. Thin Lizzy is definitely a great band, uh, especially for the time. Like you're thinking '60s, '70s. Mm-hmm. Like, what ba- what trio has a bass-driven like band that sounds like that? That sounds that big and has like great songs like that. Um, yeah, I, no, that's cool. I, yeah, I like that. Then Lizzie made your your list uh, here at number nine. Mm-hmm. I like that choice. Um, all right, my number nine. Um, where is it? I got the picture here somewhere. Ah, here it is. Uh, my number nine is uh, Rage Against the Machine. Nice. Zach De- Zach De La Roca, nice. Tom Morello, Brad Wilk, and Tim Cumberford. Uh, Cumberford. Um, three albums, well, three studio albums, and then one uh, cover album at the end. Um, they also are lower on my list than, uh, because of my criteria, because this band, uh, towards the end of their third studio album, fourth studio album, technically, uh, they had some, uh, infighting. Um, so they weren't technically the most cohesive band in the world. Uh, but individually, I mean, think about like this band, I would argue that Rage Against the Machine started a genre of music where they combined uh, hip hop with 
uh, essentially rock slash metal music. I think they're one of the first to actually do it. Obviously, we can point to something like Walk This Way, where uh, Run DMC and Aerosmith come together, or maybe uh, Bring the Noise, which is Public Enemy and Anthrax coming together. But those, Mm -hmm. to me, feel like specifically two separate artists coming together and combining their respective worlds. Uh, whereas Rage Against the Machine, in terms of like a one cohesive artistic expression, was hip hop and simultaneously rock metal at exactly the same time, um, and not two separate ideas just being mashed together. So um, mm-hmm. for that, Rage Against the Machine is on my list at number nine. Uh, I mean, if you take Brad and Tim's drum and bass lines, I mean they're one of the grooviest rhythm sections in the world. Uh, I don't know who doesn't like, you know, get into the mosh pit once mm-hmm. those two get together. And then you put Tom Morello's <laughs> like just weird ass DJ scratching guitar solos on top of that. Um, and then Zach just like rapping, just like a madman over it. And it's just like rage against the machines. One of those bands where you just, it's the perfect name for this band like as soon mm-hmm. as you hear anything by them like from the first note you're just like it's time to punch someone in the head <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i would agree with this i think this band is unbelievable obviously i think it's hilarious that you you if you were to photoshop zach de la roca out of the picture and put chris cornell you have audio like <laughs> But <laughs> I mean, yeah. uh, be that as it may, like, like this band is unreal. Like, I completely agree with you. Yeah. That's a good, good choice. Yeah, I think I think as soon as they hit the stage, whatever crowd it is, like they definitely get the crowd moving, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then in terms of albums for them, I mean, it's sort of there's three albums you you don't really have much of a choice uh, for that but i feel like it's going to be the battle of los angeles uh for them yes i think that's yes. probably their their strongest album but honestly all three albums are pretty good so uh mm-hmm. does there's no wrong choice there in my opinion that is true uh, all right eric you're number eight so coming in at number eight would be the biggest band probably in the world you too Oh, okay. U2 is the biggest band in the world. Uh, I chose these guys because, what are you going to say? No, no. <laughs> you have something <laughs> on your mind. No, no, no. Go and I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll chime in afterwards. Okay. So I chose this band because uh, personally, I feel like these guys are obviously still pumping out hits even like since they started, like, let's say, right? Um, everybody knows who this is. <laughs> Right. Everybody thinks that it, Apple probably designed the band. <laughs> but <laughs> be that as it may, be that as it may, uh, if you watch any live performance, I would also recommend going to watch their 360 tour. Uh, there's a Blu-ray. It's it's incredible. Just the, the way that even the stage, they built the stage and everything like they, they just go leaps and beyonds out of anything uh i feel like the strongest part of this band is definitely the rhythm section uh the edge is a good guitar player but i wouldn't say he's like like technical he's more of like he loves his effects like effects are his loves he loves effects yeah like like if you ever watch that show it might get loud like he's definitely the lesser guitar player out of jack white and (laughs) 
uh, Jimmy Page. Uh, Jimmy Page. But but when it comes to effects though, and using them, like he he knows about frequencies and like he, he's almost like a physicist when it comes to that stuff, yeah. right? Um, but these guys have been together since high school, which I think is pretty cool. Uh, and I mean, like I would say that this is one of the rock bands that actually has developed with the changing times in terms of like what's popular and has do- done it pretty good with yeah. what's going on out there, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so the album that I would choose to re- best represent Ooh. them, even though this isn't my favorite U2 album, okay. but it would probably be Joshua Tree. Okay. Yeah, respectable. Joshua Tree that is would, a good... So damn. it's, it's a, a good, good start. Yeah. It's a good start. Um, so I was going to say that uh, U2 is on my list also, uh, but it's much they're much higher on my list oh, than, than you have slotted them in. So uh, we'll get into that a bit later. Um, oh, so. See, this is where we're going to start fighting each other. <laughs> I feel like there's some bands that are on here that are on yours too. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, so I'll save, I'll save my, my stuff for you two for later, uh, as to why I have them hi- higher, but no, I definitely agree. Like yeah. you two, uh, they're the biggest band in the world, right? Like not only is it the four original members still in this band after what, 40, 50 years, however long they've been together. Um, and they've only, Output wise, I wouldn't say they've gotten better, but from a individual standpoint, <laughs> they have definitely gotten better. From a band standpoint, they have got, definitely gotten better. I wouldn't say their songs have gotten better, but uh, as a band, mm-hmm. they have gotten better. Uh, but I'll, I'll get more into you two later on. Uh, once, <laughs> once they, I reveal at what point I have put them on my list. Uh, but no, definitely agree mm-hmm. with you on the U two uh, part there. Uh, so my number eight, uh, and Eric, this might actually surprise you, uh, at my number eight is, uh, the mighty Metallica at number eight. Interesting. Yeah. That does surprise me. Because <laughs> <laughs> most people probably would expect me to put Metallica at like number one or number two, because, uh, they're probably my favorite band, but, um, so Metallica, James Hetfield, Lars Ulrich, Kirk Hammett, uh, and specifically for today's exercise, uh, on bass Cliff Burton. So we're talking about uh, early Metallica, first four albums. Uh, I'm not talking about Black Album and onwards. So this is uh, Kill Em All, Ride the Lightning, Master Puppets, and Injustice for All. Those first first four albums... Is there a better first four albums by any band in the history of ever i would argue no this is those first four (laughs) albums just blow the water out of anything any band has ever done in terms of quality uh i can't i can't even like think of a band that would have this many classic albums under their belt from the get-go uh that consecutively so from that standpoint uh that's why i have metallica so highly regarded uh, but I do have them lower on my list just because I feel like um, from a band cohesion standpoint, I feel like they could have been a bit tighter as a band. This band definitely, if Cliff, Cliff Burton didn't die, this band definitely could have 
just kept going as like a U2 or something, right? They could have just been together and just gotten better and better in terms of like live performance, in terms of what they were able to accomplish. Not saying that Metallica hasn't accomplished stuff because obviously they've accomplished way more uh, post Cliff Burton. But I feel like when they lost Cliff Burton on bass, uh, this band's sort of direction sort of got lost a bit because uh, Cliff Burton really was the more musically inclined out of all of them. He was the more technically trained or classically trained. Um, so that's sort of why I have them lower on the list because, yes, they put out classic albums and songs, uh, but they were drunk half the time. So it would have been it would have been interesting what a sober Metallica would have been where they were actually working together and uh, work like didn't have infighting in the band uh, and to see what kind of output that would have been. Um, because I think Metallica live shows are good, but I feel like they're not the best like live band in the world. They're they're good, but they're not the best. Uh, so I sort of have them lower on my list, uh, but from a musical standpoint, I mean, I, I just think those first four albums are just so good that I can't, I can't have them off my list. Uh, so that's sort of why they're lower and they're at number eight for me. That's very interesting, Kem. I'm very surprised about this, but uh, I'm interested now to see more so what's in your top five. Isn't it crazy so. that Metallica is already showing up on my list? I was expecting to talk about them a bit later. <laughs> it, it is. And, and it's very hard because I was going based off of technic technicality. Like, I love all these bands for sure. But, like, it, uh, it was this is definitely a hard challenge to do. Mm. I feel like if we did it again... My list may be different, <laughs> but, uh, but anyways, <laughs> right. let's uh, move on to number seven. Eric, who's at number seven on your list? So number seven, we're going to hit it up with the country music. Now, uh, I'm going to have to choose the Zach Brown band. Uh, oh, I think nice. that here's, here's a band with like, look, at there's like eight people in the band, right? And uh, honestly, yes, it is Zach Brown, but these guys have been together since day one. Uh, they haven't changed anything. I feel like if Zach Brown went solo, it would be it would just be a different like the Zach, Zach Brown. It wouldn't be the Zach Brown band because every one of these guys they work so well together in terms of the string section uh, with like just the rhythms and sometimes there's like you got a brass section in there and they just do such a good job combining like modern music with country and and kind of like the old school way there's still that old traditional stuff in there amazing songwriters uh live they're phenomenal live like we've seen them live and it was probably one of my top concerts that i've been to uh for sure they have like crazy stage presences like they have like a theme to kind of every album that they kind of go for uh technicality for country music it's pretty high up there i would say um just with everything that's going on and i believe uh we did review this album in one yep. of the uh the things this year but uh, the best album that i still think is is one of my favorites and it's the best that represents them is uncaged yeah for sure yeah no the, like 
from what I remember from this band, they're all just like very musically inclined. It it reminds me a lot of those Nashville guys, those studio musicians who are just like can play anything. Um, and it feels mm-hmm. this band definitely feels like that. Um, but instead of just you know being sort of studio musicians, it feels more like a cohesive band. So uh, I'm technically not surprised that this band is on your list. Uh, <laughs> not on my list, to be honest, uh, but fair uh, enough, but yeah, no, they're definitely a great band. There you uh, go. All right. That was, uh, number seven for you. Okay. So we're on to my number seven band. Uh, so number seven for me, um, I love this band. Um, and we could get into the sort of different eras of this band, but my number seven is Radiohead. Tom York, Johnny Greenwood, Colin Greenwood, Ed O'Brien, and Philip Selway. Um, For me, I mean, this is... For me, Radiohead is very distinctive in terms of its eras. You've got your very first album, Pablo Honey, which is like, the band is trying to become famous. So they're still doing... They're they're writing pop songs, still, but as a rock band, right? So it's very, it's catchy songs. Uh, it still has that sort of Radiohead depressing vibe because Tom York is a depressing person in general. Um, <laughs> but Pablo Honey, their debut album, it definitely was trying to, a band trying to become famous, trying to like you know, make radio hits. Uh, and you'll you'll hear that with like songs like Creep and stuff. Uh, so that it's sort of in that vein where it's very catchy. After that, you sort of get this period of they go, well, screw it. We're going to just, you know, try it. We're just going to write whatever songs that we want. Um, and uh, it's going to be like a lot more artsy than the, the, mm-hmm. the original album. So eventually you get to their third album, which is OK Computer, which is just freaking masterpiece, right? Like this band... Uh, I don't know how anyone writes an album like OK Computer. The thing is just like from front to back, <laughs> you just get lost in it when you listen to it, right? And it's just one of the greatest albums of all time. And then you get to the albums like Kid A and uh, Amnesiac, um, In Rainbow. Like as Radiohead goes along, they sort of, they go the other way right most bands will start off being like no i am i i need the respect of my fellow musicians i'm going to write music my own way my artistic uh direction uh fuck all the record labels right um radiohead sort of does the flip of that where they start off more poppy trying to appeal to the masses and they just slowly start getting just like way more artsy way more technical uh, to the point where you have an album like um, uh, Bloom. I think that's the second last album that was released uh, in their catalog, where it's not even like there's no chorus or verse. Like the songs are just the puddle of whatever it is. Like it's just noise sometimes. <laughs> it's just mm-hmm. this is the this is the sound that they want to make, and screw it if it's not a song. Like they, they don't care. Um, which I have to respect a little bit uh, because, I mean, they can do whatever they want. It's whatever they feel like is what they want to create, which is ultimately, uh, I think, what most artists want to do. They want to create whatever they want to, uh, regardless of the the financial consequences. Uh, But this band... This band, all all five of them, um, very much like you two, 
Uh, there's no other past members. They've all been together this whole time. Uh, and yet they're all able to contribute songs, uh, contribute whatever they want to contribute in this band. Uh, and it's very clear that they all sort of are going in the same direction. Uh, so it's a very cohesive band. Maybe they're not the most technically proficient, any of them, uh, but together, individual, uh, all those indivi- individuals coming together into one band just makes it Radiohead. They just become better mm. as together. So they're at my number seven spot because of that. Because uh, although individually they might not be the most technical, together they just make this crazy ass out there band that mm. is one of the greatest of all time. Right on. Right uh, on. I definitely think Radiohead's definitely up there for me too. But uh, it didn't. It didn't make my list. So <laughs> <laughs> number six for you, Eric. Number six. Uh, so I feel like I don't know if these guys are going to make your list, but we'll see. It's going to be the police. Ooh, so okay. Yes. Um, so it does. It does suck because they do. They're no longer a band anymore. So definitely not the criteria that. <laughs> that we were talking about earlier but that being said i think that this band when they were together uh like there can't be like like the band disbanded but there can't be another police with just sting or Stuart copeland or andy summers like you you can't have another and what the music that they created together was just it was like that punk reggae like style rock and it was they just did it so well uh live uh if you watch them live they're unreal live yeah i think uh i've never seen them live but i've seen videos uh again uh again another trio like uh, another singer who's playing the bass and i would say sting is probably one of the best bass players out there uh definitely a good songwriter too uh, what i like about the police is that most of their songs are happy but the underlying meaning of the actual song is actually oh, yeah. kind of sad or depressing. Yep. yep. <laughs> uh, which I think is kind of unique. I like when artists are able to do that, to kind of uh, flip it up a bit. You're like, yeah, I'm in a good mood. But it's like, <laughs> are you sure you're in a good mood? <laughs> like, uh, So the best uh, album that I would say that represents this band is obviously their first album, uh, Outlandos D'Amour. Oh. Or, yeah, I think that's interesting oh i before we get into before we get Uh into my opinion about the police Uh why Uh their debut (laughs) album of all albums i i get that it opens up the first song is what next to you right i think yeah that's the first track that's that's a great opener but of all the albums to choose in their catalog i was thinking you would go for synchronicity or uh yes and that was that was definitely a hard decision for me to make, but I feel like, so I like this album cause I really like next to you, but I feel like this definitely depicts who the police are right off the bat because okay. like you have can't stand losing you and you have Roxanne on there as well. Right. Yeah. Which are pretty hit big hit songs. Right. Mm. So that's why I chose this album. I think that this is one of my favorites i know synchro city is like their best album probably (laughs) (laughs) that are probably by most people's standards but yeah that's that's just my opinion 
and that's the beauty about this show (laughs) (laughs) no 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 i i get that i like yeah their first album definitely is more rock band whereas by the end of the police it's very much the sting show um which is which i guess sort of segues to the reason why the police didn't make my list they definitely were on my short list for sure Mm -hmm. like i like when i was making this list i was like the police definitely on the list but then when i started thinking about it i was like Okay, but like the songwriter in this band is Sting. Like, I get Andy Summers is in this band as guitarist, but from an artistic standpoint, did he really contribute that much except for like weird ass songs like Mother on Synchronicity, which is just him mm-hmm. yelling into a microphone, which is sort of weird. Um, and then Stuart Copeland, yes, phenomenal drummer. But how many times did Sting come in and say, no, you're not playing that. You're playing this. And Stuart Copeland just get pissed and just play whatever Sting said to play. Uh, just mm-hmm. because every time Sting would say, hey, <laughs> this is what we're doing. And it would sell millions of records, right? So it was hard to argue. Um, so that's sort of why I had to eliminate the police from my list. Mm-hmm. Because like the band dynamic, individually, they're so great. But for me, especially towards the end of the police, is very yeah. much the Sting show. It was like it stings way. It or the definitely highway. is, yeah, right. Um, and and the only reason why I gave this band a bit more leeway is because when they were writing the songs, even though Sting did write most of the songs, but as a cohesive unit, they played really well together. Yes, I found so. Yeah, especially like if you watch any of those live DVDs of them. I mean, like. You have Stuart Copeland, who's a jazz, essentially a jazz drummer. Um, and so he can just like improvise on the spot. Like whatever you throw at him, he's going to do. Uh, and Sting is just such a good band leader. Uh, well, if you're okay with being yelled at. Uh, but yeah, uh, he is he's definitely... He's like a dictator. Yeah, he's a very much a dictator. <laughs> but he is very good at dictating. Uh, so mm-hmm. uh, in terms of like... If you throw those three on stage together, even if everything goes to shit, they're still going to put on a great show because of the level of musicianship those three have. Uh, so mm-hmm. individually, they're great. But uh, yeah, not on my list, but I can see why po- the police uh, made your list. Even if it's just on the back of the strength of the songs, like that's a leg- I, I would say that is a legitimate argument to make. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. My number six, um, oh, number six for me, uh, the, the granddaddy of them all, the originators of heavy metal. It's gotta be Black Sabbath for me at number six. Ooh, so, nice. I knew this was going to make your list. Yeah. So this is, uh, Ozzy Osbourne, Black Sabbath. So we're talking about Ozzy Osbourne, Tony Iommi, Geezer Butler, Bill Ward. I'm not talking about the Dio. Uh, era of Black Sabbath or uh, all the other singers that they had and drummers and whatever. Uh, we're talking about the original four Black Sabbath members. Um, and I would actually put a cutoff point to this. Uh, it would be the first five albums because albums six and mm-hmm. seven with this outfit are just terrible. Uh, they're not good albums by Black <laughs> Sabbath. They're, they're horrible albums. Uh, mm. I blame it on the drugs, uh, but it's par- partially probably infighting at the same time. Um, but it's sort of hard to argue with 
uh, a band who essentially started a genre of music. Um, everyone was going in sort of like this happy uh, hippie music with the Beatles being the most popular band in the world. And then in comes Black Sabbath with like these tritones and minor keys and just like scaring the shit out of everyone uh, and, and <laughs> just starting a new genre of music. Um, but also individually, I mean, Tony Iommi, one of the greatest guitar players of all time, missing two fingers and can still play like circles around most mm-hmm. guitar players. Uh, mm-hmm. Geezer Butler, incredible bass player. Bill Ward, incredible. I mean, Bill Ward uh, for me is the perfect Black Sabbath drummer because he has this almost jazz slash swing style to him. So, uh, if you, if you listen to a lot of more modern Black Sabbath, like, um, live shows or even recordings where it's not Bill Ward, a lot of the drummers, uh, will play it like straight. They play it like a rock drummer would because it's a rock band, right? But Bill Ward, he swings everything. It's crazy to me that you have like a song like Paranoid, but if you listen, if you focus in on the drums, he's swinging those songs and it just like makes the song just bounce a little bit more. Uh, instead of just like on the one, two, three, four, it's just like swinging it. Like th- there's so much emphasis on like the offbeat and it just moves all the songs forward. So uh, Bill Ward definitely adds that element in, in the original Black Sabbath. And uh, of course, Ozzy Osbourne, I mean, he's a terrible singer. Let's be honest. He is not a very good <laughs> singer. But can you imagine Black Sabbath being Black Sabbath without Ozzy Osbourne? You can't. There is no, there's no one like Ozzy Osbourne. One of the greatest front men of all time. Just so entertaining. <laughs> uh, it's Black Sabbath has the whole package. They have the entertainment, but they also have just a really solid rhythm section and just a legendary guitar player. Absolutely. Um, Picking one album, I mean, this might be probably not a great choice because I don't think Black Sabbath's debut album, Black Sabbath, is the best album or best representative of Black Sabbath. But uh, Black Sabbath's debut album called Black Sabbath uh, with the first song, Black Sabbath, is definitively what Black Sabbath is about. The rest of that album is like is sort of like this blues rock thing uh, that everyone else is playing, so it's sort of weird. Um, but if you need like a starting point for this band and what it's about, it's definitely the song Black Sabbath off their first record. Mm. So that's that's why they are at my number six spot on my list. Uh, all right, Eric, you're number five. We're halfway through. Number five. So this is going to surprise a lot of people. Uh, so I chose this band. It's a blues band, uh, the Deshi Trucks Band. So okay. the reason why I chose this band is Susan Tedeschi was a blues player on her own, and Derek Trucks was a blues player on his own. He's a sly guitar blues. She plays guitar and sings. Also an incredible guitar player um, as well. So this band is like... I want to say the, like the ultimate, like everybody in this band 
is phenomenal. Like, I mean, aside from Derek Trucks and Susan Jesse, like the drummer, like they're, they're like definitely those studio musicians, like we were saying before, that are just like top of their field. Like you can just be like, hey, I need a groove for this song. They they just come in and are like, yeah, okay, cool. I'll write one right now. Like, how does the song go? And they'll be like, hey, perfect. I got it something. Like th- they're those type of people. So uh, what I chose about this band is they do do a lot of covers when they're touring especially when they're playing festivals because a lot of people don't really know who they are but uh when it comes time to playing live they're just like insane there's so much going on but it's so done well that it's just it's like watching this crazy family just play together and then like what band do you know where it's a husband and wife they're married and their kids like they pretty much everybody goes on tour together (laughs) <laughs> right it's just like yeah yeah we're, we got a tour planned right so it's like yeah the kids come with right yeah like what band has that um Derek truck's guitar playing is like just insane like when and you can tell the build-up what i love about this band is like the song even in their recordings like their song builds up and then all of a sudden you can tell oh here it comes here comes Derek. here comes Derek trucks and then he just rips on that slide guitar like it's nobody's business um Derek Trucks did play with the Allman Brothers for a while, uh, as well. If people don't know who uh, who that who Derek Trucks is, um, I don't know. This band is just a solid blues band. Like, there's just like jazz elements to the band, but just like heavy blues, like heavy like Mississippi Delta style in there. Like, it's just an overall great band, especially for blues. So the best album that represents them would probably be Made Up Mind. Um, once you start dipping into their actual albums, that's when you actually have their songs that they've writ- written. And for the most part, I feel like they're pretty decent. Like they, they have like that still simplicity that the blues has, but also the complexity that like modern jazz has and stuff like that. So it's, I don't know, this band is just insane. And it just brings me joy whenever I hear them. So, uh, so admittedly, I don't really have too much experience with this band, but uh, I would say anytime you can have a band with ten plus members and still be uh, successful at it, that's you've got to be doing something right because that is like mm-hmm. that's so much to coordinate. Well, and especially for a husband and wife duo, yeah. right? Like, yeah. there's always that thing: don't work with your significant other. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh. Uh, all right, moving along uh, at my number five, and we're going to revisit this band, but this is where I have placed U2. Oh. Yeah. Uh, before yes. we get into U2, uh, Luton, I love how so far neither of you have mentioned the same band. The objective well, is guess what? Here it is. Here it is. <laughs> we, we have broken that now. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I have you two at my number five band. Um, we've already talked about this, but basically, I mean, original four members together, they've grown as a band together. Uh, they've started as complete garbage. Like if you listen to Boy, their first album, they're freaking garbage. I don't know who decided to give them a, a record contract. They're garbage. Uh, but you know, by the time they get to Joshua Tree, they're just like this cohesive unit who just work together. They have their weaknesses as individuals, but together they just like, they just, fa- they're a full band. They have the whole package live. Like their stage production is ridiculous. Um, mm-hmm. 
And this band has been doing it for 30, 40 years, being the best band in the world. So, like, of course, they're going to show up by my list. They're not my favorite band, obviously. But, I mean, mm-hmm. you don't get a better band than you two. The I want to just add to the point where you said that they're who gave them their first album and <laughs> their first album's garbage. Uh, like, if you ever read their biography, it's actually hilarious because at the beginning, they actually talk about how like so it's it's made in the perspective of each member which i find cool like each chapter and Mm. every one of them said like oh we were so bad when we first started like like it was like terrible like we had people like leave like leave the venue that we were playing because they were so bad so like i just love how they admit though how bad they were uh but yeah um I actually agree with you on this one. Joshua Tree is probably the album that you recommend to, to anyone for, for you too. Obviously, they have other records that are equal or better, uh, but Joshua Tree is their biggest record and probably their most recognizable one. Uh, and it's not a bad album by any means. Like The whole first five, like half of the album are just classic U2 songs. Absolutely. Uh, all right. Uh, Eric, we're getting to number four. Who's your number four band? on your list number four this is definitely my favorite country band of all time for sure and i feel like uh these guys have been together since they they i think they grew up together um brooks and dunn brooks and dunn these guys are unreal what i like about them is that uh ronnie dunn which is the guy on the left he has that like higher kind of country twang octave to his voice whereas kicks brooks has uh which is the guy on the right has uh more of like a lower tone just like normal country sound to them but these guys are like rocking country like they have like mm-hmm. you know just just great songs like a lot of people who don't listen to country will at least probably know the song boot scoot and boogie <laughs> uh it's a very popular song um <laughs> they do have they do have other hits and what i like about them too is they both sing on the songs but they also have like individual individual songs that they sing themselves uh both of them are really good they work well together uh live they're unreal live and i can't believe that uh when i went to go see them with a bunch of our friends kim uh, that we share uh zz top opened for them (laughs) So you have to like to have ZZ Top open for these guys. Like that's a that's a pretty big deal, <laughs> right? Yes. If ZZ yeah. Top is opening for a band, um, but uh, be that as it may, they're country through and through. Like they they're just not anything else. Uh, best album that represents them, uh, I believe we've listened to this on this show, Hillbilly Deluxe. Yes, we which have. I would say have their most most hits <laughs> and yeah they're they're just proud to be country and and that's it yeah i i can respect this choice um whenever i think of brooks and dunn i sort of it makes me laugh because they're so country uh like stereotypically mm-hmm. country um yeah. <laughs> but if you're gonna pick a country band to be here on this list that's that's a pretty good choice uh let's zoom along my number four choice on this list uh my favorite hip-hop group beastie boys and number four mca ad rock mike d 
individually, I don't think anyone would ever say they are the greatest rappers of all time, right? Like if you if you just put one of them in a room, like if one of them did a solo record, I don't think anyone would say they're particularly uh, wonderful rappers. Uh, but the three of them together in collaboration, uh, as they bounce off each other, it just makes one of the greatest hip hop groups of all time. Um, an interesting fact about uh, Beastie Boys, when they were recording back in the day, uh, they have to record live together. Like very much like a rock band would record, you know, the, all the instrumentals and vocals together off the floor in like one take. Beastie Boys did exactly mm. same thing. All three of them, mm. they, they would be three of them in uh, individual. They would set up individual vocal booths, three of them together, which is a very odd setup to have in a studio. But that's what they would do, and they would be looking at each other and recording their lines together off the floor. Uh, they wouldn't just do it individually. So if you listen to the records, the energy is captured uh, between the three of them. Um, and together, I mean, maybe a questionable debut album with some like juvenile, outdated lyrics on that one. But once you get to later down in their career, especially their second album, Paul's Boutique, which uh, to me is just a masterpiece of a, of a record, uh, these guys are one of the greatest hip hop groups of all time. Um, and just the, the energy between the three of them, the, the collaboration between the three of them, it's just, it's unparalleled. There's, there's never going to be a greater trio, uh, in hip hop in existence. (laughs) It'll never happen. That's awesome. Uh, so that's my number four. Uh, cool. We're we're in our top three and we're in the final stretch. Who is at your number three spot? This band's definitely gonna reach yours, I think. And it'll be hilarious if we have it at the same spot. Uh Rush. Oh, Rush so is close. so close. Not, so close. So close, but not quite. Well, oh, it's okay. It's, it's okay. It's oh, okay. Oh damn. I know for sure you're gonna disagree with my number one, but I don't even care <laughs> i don't even care uh okay so rush like i mean they're like the greatest band of all time like, <laughs> why are they at band... number one if they're, if they're the greatest band of all time why are they at number three <laughs> okay um yeah that's a good question but uh that it's making my my number three okay uh so getty lee like probably top five bass players in the world right yeah. uh neil peart like top drummer in the world for sure uh alex lifeson top guitar player in the world like <laughs> these guys are just like insane at just playing live like i've seen them live i know you've seen them live they're just like phenomenal live like i can't even like like you're just sitting there being like how fuck do these guys play in like completely strange time signatures right but make it sound so goddamn good yeah right um like uh like some of their songs so the reason why it's not top in my list because i feel like some of their songs are just so crazy that a lot of people if i were to show it to somebody on the street they'd be like what the fuck is this (laughs) right but okay but to us we appreciate it right like i still think my favorite rush song is uh la vila uh Stratiago. Yeah. Stratiato. I think that song 
is like instrumental. It's an instrumental song, but it's like the best instrumental song yeah. ever. I think, um, just it's like ridiculous. the uh, like that classical guitar sound, and then just the rock comes in. Um, but even their hits are good though too. Like closer to the heart was great. Tom Sawyer. Like I could spend a whole day but, list, listing like, all the Tom Sawyer. There's a seven four section in that song, and that is considered mm-hmm. one of the 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 biggest rush songs of all time like seven four is not a time signature where you're going to be like yeah top top 10 radio hit (laughs) like exactly insane well totally like even like they've even admitted on the documentary i'm sure you've seen that uh movie the thing about them and then they were like saying that in detroit uh that's kind of where they became famous almost in the States mm. just because of the song Working Man. Yeah. And it was like clocking in at like eight minutes. Right. So yeah. it's like they, they have they have long songs. And and that's an, that's another reason why I didn't make my number one just because of that. Like a lot of people don't like listening to songs after eight minutes. They're just like, I just want to listen to like I want to move on. <laughs> right. But uh be that as it may, like I can't really say anything bad about this band like in terms of my own personal preference. And I'm sure you heard the same. Uh, I think that the best album, like, and it was hard to choose an album for this to, to represent them, but I would have to say like the most common album that I would refer to if they're like, Eric, I want to listen to Rush. What do I get? What do I listen to? I'd, I'd say start off with moving pictures. Yep. Start off with moving pictures. I agree. And, and you can't go wrong. You actually cannot go wrong. It, it opens with Tom Sawyer, which is like, if you don't like Tom Sawyer after the five, first five seconds, you're just not a Rush fan. Yeah. That's just what it is. It's, you're just not. <laughs> and you should go move to a different country. Or if you're if you're Canadian and you don't like Tom Sawyer, I feel uh, like you should just uh, give up your citizenship. Oh, uh, yeah. No, it's like this band is so good. And like yeah. you were mentioning before, and I might as well talk about Rush now, but like Getty Lee, you know, top, top 10 bass players of all time. Like you like mm-hmm. there, there isn't a better bass player than Getty Lee for the most part. Alex Lifeson, I mean, he's definitely in the conversation, but like he's, he's going to be sitting somewhere in the top hundred guitar players of all time. He's no Eddie Van Halen, mm-hmm. but like, he's pretty close, right? He's just so good. And Neil Peart top two for me, he's top one, but like it's either him or, or Bonham from Zeppelin. Right. That's that's usually the argument for all musicians. Is it Neil Peart or is it Bonham who's the better drummer? Right. And after yeah. that, who cares? Because no one touches those two. So, <laughs> I mean, how do you get a band with three members this talented? Right. Individually mm-hmm. coming together. It's just insane how how good this band is. Um, and yeah, Moving Pictures is definitely definitely that album. Uh, but uh, I'm disappointed there at your number three spot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, all right. My number three spot moving along uh, is Queen. Queen's here. Ooh. Yeah. Ah. Queen's at my number three spot. Uh, so This is also in my list, but it is higher. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Freddie Mercury, Brian May, mm. John Deacon, Roger Taylor. I think... The reason I have them this high on the list is not only is the band great. I mean, if you watch the Live Aid concert of Queen, mm-hmm. maybe greatest live 
live performance of all time like that's captured on video i would agree with that like 100%. i feel like that is like you cannot beat that mm. performance ever um so live they've got it tunes they've got it uh but i think the band is this high on the list because individually they have contributed uh so much right all of them sing in the band all of them write songs in the band so like if you look at the songwriting credits every single one of them has a hit or multiple hits with Queen, right? They all contributed significantly to this band and they all just work together really well. So uh, that's mm-hmm. sort of why I have them at my number three spot because they're just hitting every single spot, uh, every single button that needs to be hit for a great band. Live, uh, music, and just like contribution from everyone. Everyone's pulling in the same direction. Yeah, that is absolutely true. And they've like we we might as well like because this is my number two. Okay, it's your this number is two. Definitely my number two. Right. So, so yeah. So just because we're talking Queen here, we might as well keep it at the same thing. Like I feel like this band is just like the perfect live band. Like I can't see like Freddie Mercury is probably the best front man ever. Yeah. I would say, um, and they wrote the greatest song in the world, which is <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody. Like yeah. that will always, I feel like will always be everybody's like, how can you not like that song? I just don't understand if someone, I've never <laughs> met anybody that said that like, I hate that song. That song like ruins my life <laughs> because I would probably slap him. I would probably slap him in the face. <laughs> oh my God. I want to meet that person that hates Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Just Lord. like, what do you... I would, yeah, just interesting. Like, what do you listen to then? <laughs> like, their probably favorite song is is probably like WAP or something. That's probably the type of people who don't like Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> Luton would also slap that person to work. Yes. Yeah, we'll all line them up. It's like, I have a list of people that want to slap you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> or ma'am. Or ma'am. We can't diversify here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so, what would you choose? Uh, I'm interested. What you choose for an album? I'm I'm probably gonna go night with night at the opera just because it's at the opera. It's the most recognizable one for Queen. I mean, they have such great mm-hmm. albums overall, but I'd probably go with the, that one. Mine, mine was tough. I was I was either gonna go with that or the one after, uh, which was uh, sheer heart attack. That's uh, no. Hang on heck was it uh day at the races uh okay yes that's a very good record too because that's got uh somebody to love which i think that's my favorite queen song and i feel like that was a big hit that has everyone like the heart the vocal harmonies in this band are off the charts i know that song just puts it like not only are the vocal harmonies so good but freddie mercury just like puts it over the top because no one sings like him no one nobody does yeah nobody does it's so good. and obviously we're talking about queen not with the new guy like queen is freddie mercury <laughs> yeah brian yeah, May. Obviously, like, yeah. like yeah yeah we're obviously talking about <laughs> freddie mercury queen um all right wonderful so that's uh your number two for for that and my number three yes. so pretty close we're like you know off by one that's not too bad yeah 
Uh, my number two, and I, I don't know if this is a, a bit cheating, but my number two is a specific era of John Coltrane, uh, which is uh, known oh. as the classic quartet period. So that is John Coltrane, McCoy Tyner, Jimmy Garrison, and Elvin Jones uh, all okay. together. I'll accept it. These are the guys who recorded A Love Supreme by John Coltrane. The greatest jazz record of all time, in my opinion, one of the greatest records created of all time. Uh, they're all four of these guys together, just like at the top of their game in terms of each individual instrument. And A Love Supreme was recorded as like, off the floor right it's a live take off the floor that they did together and it is the most perfect magical piece of music uh 35 minutes 40 minutes of just music perfection that has ever been recorded ever uh and this is for me the perfect the perfect band that ever existed uh these Mm -hmm. four guys together so Classic quartet period of John Coltrane. That is my number two spot. Uh, Eric, I think we've we've gotten to the point where we need to now reveal it's perfect, but it's number two. There's more there's better than perfect, Luton. Better than perfect. And that's my number one. But Eric, your number one spot, your final one. My number one spot. And I wish I didn't see this list before because I was gonna have this whole bit where like Def Leopard. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. But, Just imagine. But no. Uh rage so quit. My, my number one and this band just holds true to my heart. I am pure Canadian. I love this band through and through. And I know you disagree with me on this, but the tragically hip is my number one band. Uh <laughs> so stay with me, Kim. Stay with me. Um I I don't know I I actually don't understand why you don't like this band. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, I don't like them. Just they're not number one. <laughs> don't didn't see that coming. Oh come on, Luton, you should know me better than that. Um, I think that this band is amazing. Uh, a they're Canadian, which I love. I love a good Canadian band. Uh, these guys have been together obviously since high school. Like they've been touring and stuff like obviously it was a tr- like it, it was a national event when their <laughs> last tour was happening right like everybody was just shocked by this like it was it was insane the amount of canadians that tuned into that program it's probably the number one program watched in canada mm-hmm. uh you could probably say uh as a band together they're just so they're just so cohesive with their songwriting I find like obviously when they're first starting off, they're more of like a blues rock kind of band, but then they started kind of, you know, experimenting with their, with a different kind of style. And I, I just like what they, they, you know, the rhythm section is solid. You got Robbie Baker on a lead guitar, which comes up with like cool, unique solos for the band. Uh, uh, I was going to say Freddie Mercury, uh, Gordon Downey, Imagine. The, the singer, Imagine. <laughs> Gordon Downey, uh, the singer, writes. I I, lo- I love his songwriting. I think his songwriting is very poetic. Um, it just it just holds like it's not like simple, 
lyrics like you really have to kind of think about what the song actually means which i kind of think is unique um and uh gordon downey is just a great stage performer like i've seen these guys live so many times and every concert is just unbelievable even even to their last one like i saw their victoria opener for their last tour and it it was like like even though he was on his deathbed essentially like he was still performing like with every energy he had and and that you can tell that's what he did and that's what he wanted to accomplish like every show was his last show essentially to him and uh like this band is just unreal to me and that's that's my opinion the album that i would say that best represents them would probably be day for night uh which i believe we have listened to on this podcast yeah. uh it has probably the best song written stuff and it kind of gives you like what the tragically hip kind of all are about so that's my spiel that's my number one to avoid getting my citizenship revoked, uh, I'm not going to say anything <laughs> blasphemous about this band. But ultimately, for me, Tragically Hip will not be on my list because uh, mm-hmm. for me, the Tragically Hip still is, for the most part, the Gord experience, right? Um, mm-hmm. Like... I don't know. For me, if, if without Gord Downey in this band, I feel like it's just a, a bar band for the most part. Um, mm. Like it's sort of interchangeable the members, and I realize there there's other songwriters in this band, but I don't know. It's but still phenomenal band and Gord Downey, I, like the perfect Canadian mm-hmm. artist. Like in terms of representation, like I don't think you get better. Um, but. Um, no, I, I guess I'm not surprised. I guess I'm not surprised that yeah. it's at number one for you. Uh, uh, Tommy, thanks for... Which for is joining. funny because... Yeah, what's up, Tommy? Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt that introduction. Nice. Tommy, welcome to the chat um, and the show. Uh, I feel like a lot of people are going to disagree with me uh, if they ever listen to this, like outside... The, of outside our of audience outside of canada yes that out of canada would be like how did you put queen <laughs> under <laughs> this this bed i don't even know who these guys are like that's probably what's gonna happen yeah but i don't that's care true. i'm i'm true. proud to be canadians <laughs> bam uh tommy i can't believe you're here because uh Tommy is over in uh, Europe time, so I'm surprised you're still Ooh. awake. But you're right in time to for my reveal of the number one band of all time uh, of my list. Uh, Eric has gone with the Tragically Hip for his number one band, which <laughs> baffles me. Uh, but since this band has not shown up on my top ten yet, it's probably pretty obvious at this point. But my number one greatest band of all time is Rush. I will have to say before you talk is I love how we both pick Canadian bands. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like, I, I don't, regardless if I was Canadian or not, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't see how there is a greater band than Rush. Rush is <laughs> bar none the greatest ba- They have the number one drummer in this band, the number one drummer of all time right top 10 bass player of all time top 100 guitar player of all time right like how do you get three of those guys (laughs) in the same band together you can't like it's it's actually 
it's actually insane how right, good these like, guys are. You look at Queen, right? <laughs> Freddie Mercury mm-hmm. will argue that he's the greatest frontman of all time, right? But Brian May, top 100. Roger Taylor on drums, maybe he cracks the top 500. Maybe. John Deacon maybe cracks the top 500 too, right? Like, mm-hmm. maybe the only other band that sort of gets to Rush's level is Led Zeppelin. But the problem with Led Zeppelin is that they plagiarized everything that they've done. So, like, are they really a band? I don't know. Mm. But there's no other band like Rush where you have three individual members at that high of a level of musicianship coming together. That isn't like some super group that they've just mashed together and they just have no, you know, relationship with each other, which doesn't end up working. Right. These guys just grew up together and came together and just like greatest band of all time. (laughs) That'd be funny if they actually met each other and they're like, Hey, you guys want to be the greatest band of all time? (laughs) Yeah, sure. (laughs) And then they just, uh... It's just, it's just, oh. wow. Like, yeah, Rush for me is the number one band of all time, without a doubt. I, like, I, I cannot be convinced <laughs> otherwise. There's no way. There's elements of this band, obviously, that you can better in other bands. Like, other bands do mm-hmm. it better. But as a whole package, there's no way. Yeah. There's no way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. Lucen says there's no objectiveness there. Yeah, I know. But well, there you go. Rush, there greatest band go. of all time. Well, <laughs> anyways, we should have probably done this in two episodes because we went way over time. Uh, but yes, we did. Um, that is our top ten. Um, Luton wants to know why System of a Down isn't on either of our lists. Because uh, the well, because cri- they're just down the list, right? The system is just too down. This is how we end stream. Bye-bye. Stream is over. Uh, no, but uh, like <laughs> our our criteria for this list was band cohesion, or at least both of us had that as a criteria, mm-hmm. uh, even though we used different criteria. But ba- band cohesion was a big factor in making this list. Uh, system of Down has a lot of infighting where they can't even agree to like what genre of music they want to play uh, to the point where they can't release a record. So System of Down doesn't really fit on our, our ranking. But anyways, that was our top 10 greatest bands of all time. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, This is our last stream of 2021. Uh, We will be back here on twitch.tv slash the Crossroads Music Podcast uh, next year in 2022. uh, Here Monday at 10 p.m. EST, 7 p.m. PST. Uh, If you're listening to us on Spotify, Apple Music, blah, 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 you know, come join us on the live stream. Uh, But this was fun. Uh, obviously uh, we went way over time but it was uh, yes we did we had a lot to talk about (laughs) so that was good um other than that thanks for tuning in and have a good new year uh everyone yeah happy new year everybody uh and we will catch you all (laughs) 